Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Fantasy Dimes podcast. You're here with your co-host, Sal Kermali, along with Husni Vargas. Can't believe we're 11 episodes in. Can't believe we're halfway through pretty much the regular season of the fantasy uh, fantasy regular season, I guess you can say. Week 13 is usually when most leagues end. We're at week 7. Week 6 just finished and finished with a bang with that uh, Cardinals victory last night. Um, before we start, we are presented by SportsMe. Download the app. Make sure you battle us on there. You can find us at Fantasy Dimes Husney, at Fantasy Dimes Sal. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Fantasy Dimes. Husney, what did you think about week six? What did you think about yesterday's two games? And uh, did you really think Kyler Murray and the Cardinals were going to route the Cowboys like they did last night on Monday Night Football? Yeah, week six was definitely a letdown, I think, for most man- fantasy managers and football, like, you know, just to watch in general. Um, we thought we'd have some good games with that um, Steelers and Browns ended up being complete blowout. Uh, Packers and Buccaneers, same thing, complete blowout. Cowboys and Cardinals, another one, complete blowout. Just like Cowboy, uh, Chiefs and, and the Bills, another one. All these games on paper looked really good before the week, yeah. and then you go watch them, and it's like the most exciting game was probably the Giants and the Redskins, uh, the Washington football team at the end of the week, which is really yeah. depressing. Um, but yeah, for, for, for that fantasy uh, implications, um, the games last night, I mean, if you had Kenyon Drake, congratulations. If you had Christian, uh, Christian Kirk, congratulations. We've been talking yep. about those guys for a while now, and they finally decided to step up. Yep. Um, but if you were on the other side and you had Gallup and Cooper and Zeke and then CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz, um, it was not a great day. Um, and it looks like this Cowboys offense under the Andy Dalton is not going to be what it was under Dak Prescott, which is what a lot of people expected. Yeah, look, uh, two things, right? You take away is obviously the fact that, like you said, they're not going to be the same without Dak. Shows how good Dak really is, I guess. Um, at the same time, that Cardinals defense is really good. They've been good. They've been playing well. Uh, you can't uh, – Buda Baker was on fire yesterday. Oh, sure. uh, so you can't really take that away from them. Look, obviously we all knew Dalton is a backup. Dalton wasn't going to lead these guys uh, the same way Dak was. But I didn't realize that it was going to take this much of an effect on some of the receivers and running backs. I mean, look, Zeke yesterday got the run. He just kept fumbling the ball, right? So mm-hmm. that's something. That, and then they started playing Tony Pollard a lot. Uh, Michael Gallup had an open touchdown catch. He dropped it. Oh. Amari Cooper gets a garbage time touchdown. CeeDee Lamb still getting some run. Dalton Schultz. So I feel like they're still going to be relevant, but not week to week. Maybe you might have some, you and know, I think they'll, they'll be down a lot. That's the only time they'll be relevant. Sorry? I said when they, when they play the NFC East, that's when they'll be relevant. Yeah. That's true. And when they're down a lot, because I feel like they're going to have to throw the ball, right? And yesterday was... they be down the, a lot in probably most of these games. If you're exactly. Because their defense exactly. isn't really helping them. Yeah. No, no doubt. I agree with you. Look, do I think that you can trust them week in, week out as you used to? Probably not. But in good matchups, you, you can. I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, but it takes a lot of hit to um, trade value, especially. Especially with the trade... I mean, most trade deadlines coming up soon and you're going to be looking at some trades, now you're not going to get as much as you would for someone like Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, who's potentially yeah. the rookie of the year. Um, Zeke definitely takes a hit because after that two fumbles yesterday, he doesn't look like a He definitely and does not. He said before the game, I heard the report, he said before the game, oh, watch, I'm not going to fumble anymore the rest of the season. Then he comes out and fumbles. Really? Fumbles. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, they were talking about it mid-game. No. He's like, oh, yeah, I improved a couple of things. I'm not going to fumble anymore. Then he fumbles twice. And wow. It's like, it's like this team, I mean, the division itself is so weak, so they could still win the division going – They got a chance, yeah. Or something, but, I mean, that it's it's sad just to see, like, because of one guy, like Dak Prescott, everything else just goes down. How the offense just changed, yeah, no, for sure. Like, you know what, now, what do you do? And it's a domino effect, right? Like, it's affecting – every single piece involved, a lot of these guys were starters on most teams in, in fantasy, and now they're relegated to possible wide receiver two flex RB2 range. And someone like Dalton Schultz, for example, probably not even startable anymore unless you're being a bi-week filler. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can say the same thing for the Browns offense. I mean, how they looked against the Steelers. Uh, Baker Mayfield 
didn't even do anything that game, and they ended up benching him. And Kareem Hunt didn't do much because they were down the whole time. Uh, Jarvis had, like, two catches, I think. OBJ didn't do anything. Austin Hooper didn't do anything. Like, that whole offense was just completely out of it. Yeah. yeah. So no, where, I, does, where does that leave them now? Now, do you try, like, we said trade, I mean, I said trade OBJ a couple weeks ago after that crazy game he had. And I got rid of him in a heartbeat. And thank God I did because now his value goes down a lot more, especially if Baker's playing hurt the rest of the season. Yeah, no, look, uh, tough situation with the Browns, right? I, I have some shares of OBJ. I love OBJ, so I'm, I'm going to stick with him. But you're right. You probably should have traded him a couple weeks ago if you really want to get rid of him. Um, his value is shot. Look, do I think Case Keenum comes in and, and you know, works some magic for a little bit? Maybe. You know, Case Keenum is known to do that. Uh, Baker, on the other hand, he's got to be healthy, right, for any of these guys to be relevant. If he's not, um, you can see what happens, right? The guys are, are – are, no, no shows pretty much. I mean, OBJ uh, was a no show. Jarvis Landry pretty much a no show. And to be honest with you, you know, I don't even know if K- Baker fully healthy against a good team is going to make these guys relevant. I, I, I really don't think that think they have that consistency. Weeks they went four and one. I mean, yeah, no, for sure. But their consistency on offense isn't there, right? Like OBJ has one awesome week, but then won't be consistently good every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Jarvis Landry will have one awesome week, but then won't be cons- like. Austin Hooper was missing for the first three weeks, but then was found the last two weeks. So I think you'll just keep getting that inconsistency from this offense. I don't know what to expect week in, week out. Like tomorrow, if you were to bet on the Browns, you're not going to bet on them to win all the time, even if they have a – like, for example, next week they're versus Cincinnati. Do you, <clears throat> in your heart of heart, know that they're going to win that game? No, you really don't. Definitely not. And that's just the Browns for you, right? Like, even if they're 4-1, and one, you still feel like they're going to lose every game. So, um, look, I don't know what to do with – the guys that you may have because we don't know what's to deal with Baker. But I think that for what to expect as a fantasy owner is inconsistency. You're going to have your good days. You're going to have your bad days. He's not a DeAndre Hopkins. He's not a DK Metcalf. You know, these guys are not those type of players where week in, week out, they're giving you a nice floor of 14, 15 points. The floors for most of these guys are five. And, and that's hard. That's hard to really manage around. Yeah, especially for someone like OBJ, who you take early in the round, I mean, early in the draft, it's, it's going to be tough to navigate that because now you got to make a trade and you probably don't get as much. You probably get a wide receiver two at best. And you yeah. know what? That might not even be a bad thing because the floor of a wide receiver two could possibly be 10 points. And what you're getting from OBJ is seven points a week. Is not yes. A yeah. yeah. And it, no, and it right. goes to show, I mean, if you look at the other side of that, that field, the same thing goes for Juju. Like Juju looks completely irrelevant now. And I mean, it looks like it's the Chase Claypool show and that's it. And, I mean, like, what do you do with that? Because now your value – I mean, how do, you, how do you trade for him now? Or how do you get rid of him? Because there has to be little to no value as a wide receiver one. Agreed. Look, you're probably drafted Juju in the late second, you know, mid-second, late beginning of the third round. Look, Juju, unfortunately, has become an underneath receiver. We talked about this last week, right? He's running drag routes. He's running cross routes. He's not really going downfield. Claypool and James Washington be the guys that do that. And it looks like Juju's the guy who just moves the chains, right? They need third and four, Juju. Third and six, Juju, right? But if they got a second and long or second and one and they, they're doing play action, it's going to Claypool or James Washington. I really don't see any value in Juju anymore. My opinion, go buy, uh, go buy low on Juju right now. Selling-wise, you're not going to get anything from him, so you might as well keep him at this point. But if you're a, a guy in need of a receiver and you you don't want to pay too much for it and you don't want to get rid of any of the major pieces juju's the guy you probably want to go out there and get because yeah he's putting up four or five six points a week but so is someone like obj so if you're in need of a receiver and you want to take a chance juju's the guy to take a chance on now yeah i mean yeah but i mean how much are you willing to give up now do you give up someone like for example Nikhil harry or mike evans another Two other guys that just completely didn't play. Nikhil Harry got zero, I think, this, this week. Yeah, right? Nikhil Harry is a disappointment. Like two points. Yeah. Now, these are two other guys. Now, do you possibly do something like, okay, I'm going to trade you my garbage for your garbage? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, some people believe some in upside, kind of right? Game value. Like we, we saw in the episode on Saturday, the live episode, people were asking for Mike Evans trades. Yeah. Now, okay, the Buccaneers scored 38 points. 
and Mike Evans and got he, yeah. fantasy points. So what does yeah. that tell you? I mean, can Tom Brady really look at him? Gronk was getting most of the touches, and then yeah. Godwin was second. So, I mean... Yeah, I love how Tom Brady just all of a sudden likes to throw to Gronk after I dropped him in our dynasty league. Um, no, look, I agree with you, right? You got Nikhil Harry, you got Mike Evans, you got Juju, all in similar situations. Look, Mike Evans plays on high-octane offense, so you know what? Maybe he'll get you the points. You hang on to him. You try to not trade him away, maybe, in some cases. But people like Juju and Nikhil Harry, look, Juju and Nikhil Harry are pretty much the same, right? They're going to get you four points, five points a week. This week, I was watching the Patriots game. Cam was off. You can tell that they haven't practiced in a long time. They had two practices in two weeks. I mean, Nikhil Harry and Cam don't have that thing. And he doesn't have that separation, it seems like. Nikhil Harry isn't as highly touted. Look, same draft class as DK Metcalf. And look at the difference between DK Metcalf and Nikhil Harry, right? And they asked Nikhil Harry the other day, actually, about it. They're like, oh, how does it feel to see someone like DK Metcalf doing so much better or doing, doing well in his, in his scenario? And that's what he said. He said that, well, that's his scenario. I'm happy for him, but not everyone has the same scenario as DK Metcalf. Pretty much taking a shot maybe at the Patriots and the quarterback play and stuff like that. But he makes a good point, right? He doesn't have Russell Wilson. He doesn't have the high-octane offense. But at the same time, it's on him to make that separation. It doesn't look like he is. Cam missed him on a few throws. Probably would end up with four points anyways. So in my opinion, yeah, you can do the garbage-for-garbage trade. But at the same time, Nikhil Harry someone who possibly at this point, on your bench, bi-week filler, or on the waiver wire, because... I, I wouldn't... Dude. I mean, honestly, yeah. the production hasn't been there. I think he has, what, one good game the whole season. And aside from that, I mean, I haven't really seen much production out of him. Now, Cam, yeah, Cam was targeting him, what, like 12 times that game before the... the that bottom. one game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one game, and it looked good, but I don't know, that whole Patriots offense just looked completely out of it. They and look out of sync. Julian Edelman, too, right? Like Yeah, all of them, all of them. I mean, they scored... 12 points, I think, right? That game, they lost 18 to 12. Yep. And they scored, I think, one touchdown. Yep. Like, you're not going to, obviously, you're not going to win games like that. And the defense stepped up. The defense only let up field goals. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have your opportunities to come back and play well. And it just looked like they were completely out of it. And yeah. it was similar to, to um, the Bills. And if you look at it, they couldn't get Singletary in the game. Unlike the Chiefs and, and Hilaire, they were just running the ball the whole time, and Singletary and the Bills couldn't do anything. And it starts with Singletary, I think, because he hasn't been able to run the ball well, which in turn doesn't set up their play action, which doesn't turn up uh, the downfield throws to Diggs and Brown and Beasley, and, and they can't do anything. In the last two weeks, they just looked like they were completely like mismatched, and they should be like 2-4 and four instead of 4-2. and two. 100%. 100%. Look... I don't know what the deal is with Singletary. <clears throat> Last year, he was amazing. I understand that he wasn't really running through the tackles as much. He's obviously had a more of a workload this year. Um, and last year, he had Frank Gore helping him out. Zach Moss just came back. So maybe, you know what, if he's more of a 70-30 type guy rather than a 90-10 type guy, smaller guy, at the same time, look, Singletary owners were crossing their fingers that Le'Veon Bell would inside there. They got lucky. Le'Veon Bell didn't sign there. But you know what? The Bills probably need Le'Veon Bell more than the Chiefs need him because the Bills could have used Le'Veon Bell and he could have went ham in that offense just as well as he could possibly in this offense with less amount of touches uh, with the Chiefs. If you look at Singletary's numbers, right? And mind you, they've had a pretty easy match, easy schedule. They had the Jets. He scored 10 points. They had Miami. He scored 9.5. The Rams. He scored 16. The, Ra the Raiders. He scores 18. You're like, okay, fine. Great. Awesome. Tennessee and Kansas, he scores a total of nine points. A total of 9.8 points. Like, dude, I'm sorry, but if you're RB2 status, that's flex numbers, man. That's like bi-week filler numbers. Like, I'm sorry, but that's not going to cut it. And I'm nervous. If I'm a Singletary owner, I'm nervous because Zach Moss is coming back. And if Zach Moss can show any bit of lightning... Sorry? Zach Moss played, I'm pretty sure. Yes, no, 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 he played, but what I'm saying is like they didn't give him the full complement of touches, right? I'm saying he, it looks like when Singletary, when Singletary sees Zach Moss, he gets all of a sudden he gets scared because the yeah. out, he scored 19 <laughs> and, and whatever I, you said it against the Raiders, yeah, 19 and 20 or something like that. And then the moment yeah. they see Zach Moss is active, he like forgets how to play. And yeah, true. You know what? I'm gonna lose my job. He's like, just give the job to Zach Moss, and I'll just stand around and be like T.J. Eldon or something, and just hang out on the true. side. No, I agree with you, man. It's scary to think as a, as a Singletary owner because you expect him RB2. But right now, man, with Zach Moss coming back and 
look, Zach Moss has one good game. He could easily turn into what Daryl Henderson did with the Rams, right? Cam Akers, non-existent. Malcolm Brown, pretty much non-existent. Daryl Henderson has that running back, uh, that, that committee down pat. So, look, I don't know, but uh, Singletary does not look good. And to be honest, his schedule coming up for owners, if they want to know, they got the Jets next week. So, big bounce back game for the Pills. <laughs> you know, they're going to score 50. Definitely. Um, and then you got New England, Seattle, Arizona. Then his playoff schedule. You ever seen his playoff schedule? He has San Francisco week 13, Pittsburgh week 14. Denver week 15, New England week 16. Dude, get rid of Singletary, man. If you got him, get rid of him. Yeah, unfortunately, I have Josh Allen and Diggs, so that's a great playoff schedule for me. Yeah, true. true. So happy waiting for that. Um, true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree, man. I mean, it, it's his job. It was his job to lose. I mean, they didn't just bring Zach Moss just to watch him play. Like, they're going to yeah. – I mean, look at – um. Um, the Ravens. If you look at the Ravens, Mark Ingram couldn't get it done. Started getting hurt. Gus Edwards looks like he's a better running back. Seriously, man. J.K. Dobbins is just there for the passing down. Yep. So, I mean, especially today, running backs, there's no guarantee that you're going to get the playing time. I mean, If you don't perform, you're out. For sure. And, I mean, if you look at the Ravens also, they had – that matchup was just ridiculous. The fact that they were winning by, like, 20-something and then they won I by know, 20. Man was really okay. annoying because, I mean, not only fantasy-wise, but, like, if you're betting on that. It's I was betting on that, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I did too, but it's a minus 10 spread. And you think, okay, they're up by 27 or something like that. You'll be okay. And then they start messing around. And Mark yeah. Henry doesn't do anything. Lamar Jackson yeah. has that one good run. And, I mean, aside from that, nothing. And it's just like, okay, what do you do now? Because we talked about Mark Andrews and Lamar for the last couple of weeks. And it's like... Either they're going to win by a lot and not do anything, or they're going to win by a little and not do anything. Yeah, true. I mean, it's like, it's like okay, are they not just – Either or. Anymore, or. Like, what do you do? Like, so yeah. Mark Andrews, who was coming into the season as a top probably three or four tight end with, um, with Kelsey and Kittle and, and um, Waller, I mean, what do you do with him now? Do you go out and try and find a different tight end? Because – you can't depend on his four to five points per week. Like it's not, not gonna work out. And, that, and like you said, like that's it's the same way with tight ends, right? Like obviously, it's it's you get you can get you can have a star tight end give you ten points every week, guaranteed, right? Those days that they'll give you twenty, there's days that they'll give you fifteen, but their floor is pretty much ten. You can go out there and pick up someone who's probably gonna give you ten, twelve, thirteen points weekly, right? If you want to stream tight ends. So it sucks that when you spend a high draft pick on Mark Andrews and he's not really coming through, you look at Lamar Jackson. I'm a Lamar Jackson owner. It's upsetting to me how he's not being able to pass the ball. It looks like every other tight end is is involved and Mark Andrews isn't. Last week, I think Nick Boyle got a touchdown. Um, and it's funny that Mark Andrews still doesn't get the ball. Um, look, do I wish as a Lamar Jackson owner that he can throw the ball better and throw it to Mark Andrews? Of course. Do I think it's going to happen? No. The inconsistencies of him throwing this year have been have been shown week in, week out. And look, if you're a Mark Andrews owner, get a tight end on your bench just in case and play it by matchup, man, because – or set your expectations low because he probably won't get have those big games like he did last year, 20-plus, 20-plus, 20-plus week in, week out. It looks like the the they're winning by so much that they just don't even care to pass the ball. Yeah, especially with the upcoming schedule. It's so easy that it's like, you know what? Why even bother trying to risk your players and do all these big plays when you can just run it out and just run the time down and who cares? The win is a win for them. I mean, they don't really care about our fantasy matchups and stuff. Exactly. Um, So, I mean, that's just, it's it's a tough situation. I mean, if I'm a Mark Andrews owner, I'm looking to just get rid of him at this point for anything. I mean, you can go and get a receiver solid running back and then just stream a tight end. There's so many good tight ends you could stream. Um, we saw it this weekend with um, um, what's that guy on the Texans? Darren Fells. Uh, Fells, yeah. He just went off out of nowhere. And then yeah. in Tennessee, Frisker, he just went off out of nowhere. Frisker, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's like, you know what? Week in and week out, unless you have Waller, Kelsey, or Kittle, you can go out and get anyone as a tight end. You'll be fine. Yeah, true. Because Agreed. they're all basically in the same category after that. Yeah. At this point, the inconsistency is a tight end. You can play anybody. 
Yeah, I mean, Zach Ertz doesn't look like Zach Ertz, and now he's injured. And uh, Evan so Ingram doesn't look like Evan Ingram. Ingram doesn't look like himself. And it's just, it's like, you know what? It's like, it's not even worth it to draft a tight end high anymore. Yeah. It's true. like, just draft one low and just stream them. It's like, it's basically coming like a quarterback position at this point. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, and then if you look at it, I mean, going back to that Patriots game, so Jerry Judy on the side of the ball, we mentioned they only had field goals the whole game, which is good for McManus if you have him. Kickers uh, matter, man. Kickers <laughs> matter. Aside from the kicker, nothing else great came from that game. No Melvin Gordon that game. So Philip Lindsay looked like, I mean, he didn't look great. Yeah, um, it looked regular. I mean, he had 100 yards, but it was like on 18 attempts, no catches, nothing. <laughs> and then um, and, uh, Drew Locke game. came back. And Jerry Judy didn't look like Jerry Judy. I mean, maybe it's a lack of other receivers out there to focus on, aside from Tim Patrick. Um, but he's getting all the like attention. Taking, it looked like Bel Belichick was taking the game away from Jerry Judy. They didn't want the big plays. And it worked out because he was giving the ball more to um, uh, Tim Patrick. And it just looked like Drew Locke wasn't even looking Judy's way. I think he caught one big pass or two big passes. But, yeah, if you're a Jerry Judy owner, you're happy Locke is back. But you hope for better matchups. Look, it was a tough matchup. It was the New England Patriots. You know, I, I cut him some slack. I think he doesn't have that many more bad weeks ahead of him. I think he's a guy with decent floor, wide receiver, three flex play every week. He'll get you about 10, 11 points. Yeah, I mean, I don't give up on him just yet. He's still a rookie. He's still getting into the offense. They're still injured exactly. a lot. Maybe if they get, if they get uh, Fant and Hamler back, yeah, uh, then he'll look a little bit better because they'll have more options to spread out the field. Um, and if you look at the Chiefs, they have too many options to spread out the field. And one of those options does not seem to be Michael Hardman. Yeah, which... Um, which doesn't make I, any sense with Sammy walking out. I mean, yeah. but they were just running the ball the whole time. That's also true. That's also true. And we spoke about this when, when they got left Bell. We were like, you know what? Is it going to affect Allaire? Is it going to affect the receivers and whatever? And it looks like Andy Reid is focused more on get the ball out of Mahomes' hands and run. Yeah. And now if you put Allaire and Bell together and they just keep running the ball, now this hits Watkins' value, Kelsey, Hill. I mean, they still have good value, but someone like Michael Hardman or Demarcus Robinson or Pringle, yeah. whatever, they have almost no value at this point. Yeah. yeah, true. Look, I think everyone figured out the only way to stay in the game with the, with the Chiefs. And look, Buffalo did it yesterday too. Let's be honest. Buffalo looked outmatched, but they were in the game at the end of it. Like, they still had a chance, and we talked about it, too. Um, if Edwards Elaire's fumble wasn't a fumble, like, it, if it was actually a fumble, that, I mean, that game could have been turned around, you know, in the last few minutes. But if you look at it, really, the way to beat the Chiefs or the way to almost beat the Chiefs, because it's very hard to beat them, is to run the ball. The Chiefs have realized that. The Chiefs realize they can't have too, too many three and outs because what the other team will do is just keep running, keep running, kill the clock, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand. What did Andy, do, Andy Reid do in return? hey, you know what, we're going to run the ball and we're going to be better at it and we're going to do it better than you. And they did that yesterday. Look, most rush attempts, most yards in like, I think, four years, five years. Uh, look, in my opinion, I think Nicole Hardman, who I used as a bi-week filler this year, uh, this week, gave me zero points. You expect two catches, three catches. The volume isn't going to be high, but you expect big plays. And I think if they're getting away from that big play mentality, at least for a little while, Nicole Hardman is off the radar I say Nicole Hardman on your bench until further notice because even if he is an option, he's probably the fourth one right now on that team, especially with Le'Veon Bell joining. Might be the fifth option now. Yeah, I mean, they have way too many options on that team to, to trust someone like that. I mean, at this point, even if you have Tyreek Hill or, I mean, even Hilaire at this point, coming off that game, I think maybe you explore some trade possibilities. As crazy yeah. as it may sound, but... When Bell comes in, he's not just going to stand there and watch like Darren Williams does. I mean, he's going to actually run the ball, and I think he's going to run it well, and he's going to make an impact on the team. And it's going to take a lot of touches away from, from Allaire. And, I mean, coming off in a career game, this is where you get the most value for him. It's, I agree with you. A lot of people picked Allaire early. Funny enough, today, I heard some crazy stuff. I was, I, was, I was doing some research. I was watching. I was listening to other podcasts, and people were talking about the possibility of capitalizing on two big days yesterday, right? You got big day by Allaire. You got big day by Kenyon Drake. People were offering each other Kenyon Drake for Allaire because even though Kenyon Drake has had 
obviously a way lesser, uh, less, less successful fantasy year than Edward Jelaire. Edward Jelaire is going into a timeshare while Kenyon Drake still seems to have most of the volume. So, I mean, Edmonds hasn't had more than 10 touches in a game all year long. So, in my opinion, Kenyon Drake for Edward Jelaire, would you do it in a redraft league? If you were an Allaire owner? No. If you're a Drake owner, I would do it in a yeah, minute. But a if you were an Allaire owner. As an Allaire owner, I probably wouldn't because it looks like they are going to stick to that mentality of run, run, run. And it's like, you know what? If we're winning the game, we don't need to put 50 points on the board. Yeah. So let's put yeah. 30, let's put 25, whatever we can. And Our stop them. And let, like, just run the ball. Run the clock out. Why not? They don't have yeah. time. They're not going to score the ball. True. True. Agreed. Um, yeah, if I was an LA owner, I, I wouldn't do it. But as a Kenyan Drake owner, you couldn't be any happier. He has a has a has a crazy week. We're gonna go to our overperformers now. He definitely overperformed. Yeah, one walking touchdown, one sixty-nine yard touchdown at the end that helped me win a matchup against Bossman, which I am so excited about. Um, but if you look at it, Drake has a good year because he's still getting. I mean, has a good day because he's still getting the volume. They were up in that game. They're voicing the Cowboys defense. Do you take? Drake's performance and go okay this is the turning point or do you look at it as okay he's gonna have this because he touched the ball 20 times and they were up by 50, freaking 50 points you know what I mean what do I tell you every week sir? Trade Cowboys Kenyon Drake defense Cowboys defense. Cowboys defense oh yeah that's true <laughs> that's the other thing it's Cowboys defense man you if yeah. you have a player that's playing really bad wait until they play the Cowboys let them have a good game and then trade them I think now is the perfect time to trade Kenyon Drake. His value is up there. Um, their schedule lightens up a little bit. Okay. I mean, they're not going to play as heavy defenses, and you can sell people on that. You can be like, listen, look, what happens when he plays a not-so-great defense, and he's not playing a good, great defense is coming up soon. So why not take the risk and go get a, a different player? I mean, you can't bank on him because they also have Chase Edmonds back there who they trust a lot, even though it didn't look like it yesterday. But maybe that was because they were trying to get Drake back into it. Yeah. Yeah, true. So I think it's time. I mean, he's coming off a good game. I think it's time to trade him and get the most you can for him. For sure. I, I, look, I agree. Uh, I think right now is the time to trade Drake. If you're in Dynasty, maybe hang on to him if you're not getting the right offer. But in redraft, get rid of him. I mean, good matchups ahead. But if you can get rid of him before his bye week and maybe get a running back in return that's already had their bye week, could be a plus for you. Um, right now, trading season, almost trade deadline, always look at bye weeks because if you can get an extra week out of a guy, that's what I used to do every year, man. Trade deadline comes around. I look at the guys who I have bye weeks that have bye weeks on my team, and I look at guys on other teams that don't have bye weeks. Yeah. And even if I need to just trade a little more value for it, I'll do it, man, because I have a running back for a bye week that I was going to probably lose because, you know, if I don't have a major guy and now I have that person. So just, you know, some food for thought. Just think about that when you're trading. Speaking of running backs that had amazing weeks, uh, DeAndre Swift comes up. And you know what? Funny enough, everyone, you know, I've heard, I watched some, I read some blogs this week and people were like, Swift is going to have a good game. Swift is going to have a good game. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't think so. You know, it's, it's DeAndre Swift. But dude comes out, 14 rushes, 116 yards, touchdown, two touchdowns, 27 fantasy points in PPR. Do you think this is the future for Swift or do you just think it's, again, another one-off and uh, we'll see what happens. No, I mean, I think it's his time. I mean, they're giving him the ball the last two weeks now. He has, I think, 13 carries in both games. And, I mean, uh, on Johnson just doesn't look like he's going to be relevant anytime soon. Um, they're just feeding AP the ball and feeding Swift the ball. And it's like, you know what? It's them two, and then that's it. And their schedule also is another one that kind of lightens up. And they could be winning a lot of a lot of those matchups, which leads for a lot more time for him to run the ball. And I think if you're if you're winning those games, you definitely want to get your rookie the ball over Adrian Peterson because it's it's your rookie and he's gonna be the future of your team and AP is gonna be gone next year. So I think it's definitely especially in the Dynasty League, if you can get him, I think it's definitely a great uh, opportunity to go get him. And there's actually trade talks in our Dynasty League um between Swift and uh, Singletary, but that was before this week, and now, Ooh. now those trade those trade talks might die, uh, die down a little bit. Ooh. He had such a great week. Ooh. That's crazy. Yeah, that 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 would have been that would have that would have been a good trade. 
Who had Swift in our dynasty? Shane. Oh, oh. That's, uh, yeah, I think he played him, right? Actually, you're right. I, I remember him playing him. Um, yeah, uh, I picked J.K. Dobbins over Swift, and it looks like, and I knew Swift was probably going to get more of a run earlier than Dobbins would. But, yeah, it looks like it's Swift's time. I agree with you, name. I think Swift's time is coming. And look at his schedule. Guess who's up next on deck? The Atlanta Falcons. So he's probably going to have another good week. Um, I stick with Swift. I play him in my flex or a bye week fill-in. I think Swift is going to have a good week. Speaking of the Falcons, guess who's back? It's Matty Ice, right? Julio Jones comes back. Julio Jones, Ridley. you got a full complement of players. And then Matty Ice all of a sudden shows up and puts up huge numbers at quarterback. Is this someone you can possibly stream every week? Or do you look at Matty Ice as, you know what, I just don't want to deal with his inconsistency? Yeah, I mean, I had him as my backup. I just had him on my bench, and I got tired of his inconsistencies, and I just cut him. Yeah. Like, you know what? I have Josh Allen. I'm probably never going to bench him unless it's a bye week so or unless he's hurt. And yeah. and at that point, I was like, you know, I'm better off keeping a roster spot open and just streaming someone else. And if Matty Ice is available and he has a good matchup, maybe I'll go get him. And this week, I mean, he had a good matchup. And he played it really well, and they just—I mean, maybe they were just trying to get Dan Quit uh, fired, and yeah. that's why they didn't play well. Um, maybe that's why Julio didn't want to play. He's like, "I'm tired of this coach. I don't want to play for him. Let's fire him first, and then I'll come back." And that's what it looked like. I mean, it looked like with Julio, he's a whole different player. But that—I mean—you're right because, and that's exactly where I was going to go next. I mean, if you look at—if you look at his numbers, right? I mean. He obviously had a great matchup. He was versing Minnesota. So, you know, don't take that into account. But if you look at him in terms of he's the 25th ranked player in fantasy right now, which you'd be like, what? That doesn't make sense. Matt Ryan wasn't having that many good weeks. No, look at this. Week one, 20-plus points. Week two, 25-plus points. Week three, four, five is where he goes under 10. But then right back at it yesterday with 29 points. So, in my opinion, play him on the matchups, like you said. He has Julio back. He's versing Detroit next week. You know, he's got Carolina, Denver, bye, but then New Orleans, Vegas, New Orleans, Chargers, defenses that have given up a lot of points to quarterbacks. I think Matty Ice is good to have on your bench or good to stream week in, week out, especially with the full, full um, complement of receivers. Uh, speaking of aging receivers like Julio Jones, A.J. Green finds his way onto our overperformers list. Look, A.J. Green... You don't know what you're going to get, right? I mean, some weeks he looks off, some weeks he looks on. But guess what? He's maybe just overcoming the fact that he hasn't played in two years. Maybe now is when he's actually his, he's starting up. His engine is starting, and he's going to start making that run. He's got that connection with Joe Burrow. Do you think this is something that A.J. Green's going to be able to, to put on the floor week in, week out? Or do you think this is an anomaly and, and you just move on from A.J. Green? No, I just think it was a, it was a lucky week for him, honestly. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I haven't seen – he's way too inconsistent. Out of all the receivers, aside from – Probably I'd say T.Y. Hilton. He's probably the most inconsistent. That's probably that's probably the most points he's going to get for the next three years, honestly. Wow. I can't see him doing much more than that unless he moves to a different team where, like the Chiefs, and they just need to throw him the ball because they, they, they can. Like, I don't really see him getting much production. Um, I think it was just matchup-based again. I think Indy is a, Indy is a good defense. And they were covering Tyler Boyd a lot. And maybe that left A.J. Green open a little bit. Because T. Higgins had a good game. And maybe they started covering T. Higgins. That's and true. Maybe, you know, you can only focus on so many people at the same time. And they had three rushing touchdowns. So maybe they're trying to stop the run now. And it's like, yeah. you know what? They're trying to cover so many options. You got Burrow. You got Mixon, Bernard, um, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins all having good games. So... I mean, it makes sense that A.J. Green would have a good game because you focus your shift onto the other guys and then he gets open. So maybe if it's, you know, if that's the situation and he's the third guy on the team now or the, the second or third, whatever, and he's not getting as much um, coverage, it leaves yeah, him he's to be open, open, right? Yeah, no, you're right. Look, I look at A.J. Green and I, I think of him as a guy who you probably drafted to be wide receiver three, maybe if you were having a tough time, wide receiver two. He's brought up flex numbers at best last week. I don't think he's an anomaly, though. I think, honestly, believe that he needed a couple weeks to get used to Joe Burrow. I think he needed a couple weeks to get his body right. 
I think he hasn't played in 650 plus days and that's taking a toll on him. And I think he just needs to get himself back like Rob Gronkowski did, right? Like Gronk had six horrible weeks. Well, not horrible, but subpar. And now he looks like he may be back. Look, I, I don't know if it's just the, the, the no preseason, like you said earlier in our podcast, it could just be these guys are coming back. Look, I'm not saying if you expect 20 plus points from AJ Green, like the old AJ Green, I'm saying expect 10. Like, if you need a bye week fill-in, Adrian Green's your guy. Expect 10 points. and He's, he's not even a flex play anymore, honestly. I think he's more of just a bye week fill-in at this point. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. You have the space, keep that. him, and see what you get. Yeah, true. Speaking of another kind of aging receiver who just seems to be putting up great performances ever since his coach got fired, uh, Brandon Cooks. Again, Brandon Cooks goes off, has a, a great week, and uh, – so does Will Fuller. So does Deshaun Watson. I mean, that whole offense looks amazing. Uh, nine targets, nine receptions. Didn't drop one ball. Wasn't, seemed to be open every time he, he got the ball. What do you do with Brandon Cooks moving forward? Is he like an automatic start now at this point? Yeah, I think so. I think they finally found a way. Um, I think Bill O'Brien was just bad for that offense. And it looks like you now it's just giving the offense to Deshaun Watson and says, you know what? Go win us the game if you can. And if you look at it, on that last drive when they were before overtime, I think um, when they went for two on that play when they were up by one, right? Yeah. And they scored the yeah. touchdown. I think they went for it on fourth down or something like that, and he just looked completely calm. And he was just like, you know what? I'm two yards away. I got it. I'm fine. And it looks completely different than it did before where he was just scrambling everywhere and just trying to throw something and just hope for the best. It's actually like, you know what? Now he's looking for the receivers, and now he's getting it. He's getting them the ball. If you look at it, um, David Johnson getting more production, getting more touches, which opens up the deep pass, the play action. So maybe it's just a better playbook and maybe it's better play calling. Or it's maybe, you know what, it's just trust in the quarterback now. It's just, <clears throat> I'm going to let you do your job and get us the win. That's it. Agreed. I think uh, Cooks is a weekly play at this point. I think him and Fuller both. Uh, Watson's probably going to be throwing the ball a lot. Doesn't look like his defense is doing some help, giving him any help there. I expect Watson to have great weeks ahead. I expect Cooks and Fuller also to have great weeks ahead. As long as they can stay healthy, I think they have a good chance of being fantasy relevant. Um, speaking of receiver, just like Cooks downfield, Christian Kirk yesterday, 80-yard catch, touchdown, looked great. Didn't do anything after that, but that's Christian Kirk. Do you rely on Christian Kirk's big performances, or do you know better now as a fantasy owner and go, ah, he's going to have a 20-point game here and there, and then he's going to throw a dud of six points uh, next week. What do you do with Christian Kirk? Do you do you play him weekly or just match up players? I mean, it looks like this offense is it's very inconsistent. They had a great yeah. start to the season and then they slowed down and now they're picking it back up, it looks like. And maybe the Cowboys is the medicine you need. You just need to go out there, play the Cowboys, and everything will be fine. Cowboys yeah. and Jets, baby. Cowboys and Jets. Those are the two teams. If you need to fix your team, you play them and you're good. And it's okay. like, you know what? Okay. Kenyon Drake got fixed. DeAndre Hopkins didn't get a touchdown, but he had that long touchdown. I mean, that uh, long 60-yard catch. And Christian Kirk looked good. So, I mean, even Larry Fitzgerald was catching passes, which I haven't seen yeah. him in a while. So, yeah. it, maybe it looks like their offense is starting like, to finally pick up again. And I give Christian Kirk a chance. I think he's going to be good. I think he's a great number two receiver, a great compliment to DeAndre Hopkins. And I think he gets a lot of touches for sure. I, I agree. I, 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 I guess because bye weeks are coming up, I play Christian Kirk. That team is, is high-octane offense. They're throwing the ball around everywhere. Look, I, you know you're going to get bad days from Kirk, Kirk but you just got to pray for the good ones. Good matchup, play him. Bad matchup, if you need a bye week fill-in, play him. I think he still has the ability to put up a decent floor of maybe seven, eight points, better than getting zeros from someone like Nikhil Harry. Um, we talked about Kenyon Drake, his, his partner, and Kenyon Drake seems to be in a similar situation as Rojo. Guys that are running between the tackles, guys that don't really catch the ball too much out of the backfield. What do you think about Rojo? And I know you're an owner, I believe, of Ronald Jones. Is that correct? No, I'm a Fournette owner. Which actually, oh, you're a Fournette owner. Sorry. So in the case well. of being a Fournette owner and Rojo keeping, keep obviously putting up points, what do you think about, um, about Rojo moving forward? Uh, do you do you think that he's going to keep putting up these numbers as long as Fournette is healthy? Because Fournette hasn't really been healthy yet. Yeah, but, I mean, do they really need Fournette to be healthy? Rojo's oh, yeah. running for 100-plus yards every game. I actually traded Fournette last night in, um, 
in uh, a redraft league. Because I was like, you know what? I mean, in a dynasty league, it makes sense to hold on to him. Maybe he'll get a good contract somewhere and he'll be the number one again. But in a redraft league, I don't really see Ronald Jones messing this up. I mean, everyone knows. If you saw week two. He fumbled once and Fournette took over. So maybe he's yeah. he's like, you know what? I'm finally learning it. I'm not going to turn over the ball and you guys can trust me, whatever. And he's starting to get all the runs. I mean, I agree. I agree. I, I, I see. Yeah, I, I see Ronald Jones as someone who, again, very similar in in in, in instance to Kenyon Drake, where you, you you're gonna get the volume, you you mess up, and you probably get Chase Edmonds and, and Leonard Fournette in there. As long as you don't mess up, you're fine. You're gonna keep getting the volume, and I don't know what to do with Leonard Fournette, but for me, I'm, I'm starting Rojo pretty much every week now until he kind of shoots himself in the foot. Um, we have to have one tight end over performer. And so we'll finish it off with the man who's, who's an anomaly for most. Because some years you think he's going to have a breakout year. Some years you think he's going to be, you know, horrible. And then he's hurt. And then he's back. And then now he's putting up points. Trey Burton. We all know Philip Rivers loves his tight ends. He's fell in love with Molly Cox. He fell in love with Jack Doyle. Seems to have now a little affair with Trey Burton here. What do you do with Trey Burton? Look, I played him this week. I streamed him. Same. Helped me beat Jamal. What do you do with, with, with Trey Burton? Do you think it's a weekly thing? Do you think he's finally caught that camaraderie? Because he's been leading them in routes and in catches. Yeah, and in, in tight end rushing attempts and touchdowns. Yeah, seriously. Wildcat play that they ran that. Um, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I think, I mean, they brought him for a reason. They said that he was going to be a big part of the offense. And Mo Ali Cox got hurt, so he didn't really play. Um, which leaves a lot of Turnover, I mean, like, you can, especially in the tight end position, if someone like Goddard and Earth, Goddard started playing well, Earth's production goes down. His yeah, value is yeah. basically nothing. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. If Burton can keep up this production, he's going to be easily the number one. And you saw Jack Doyle, he didn't really have a role in the offense. I mean, he yeah. had, what, one touchdown catch, and then, like, the whole season, that was it. So, yeah, I mean, agree. Burton looks like he's going to be the tight end on that team moving forward. And like you said, Rivers loves the tight end. So, I think he's a great um, great pickup. I agree, too. I think it was a great pickup this week. I think – I don't know. I, I mean, I keep playing him week in, week out. As, as long as he has good matchups, I think he's the, he's the main target there for Rivers. But, I mean, there's a lot of tight ends on, on the waiver wire. Do I continue on with, with someone like Burton? Or you see somebody else that I can go out there and pick up on the waiver wire this week? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of waiver wire options, especially in tight end. I mean, we talked about um, some of them before. And if you look at it, we'll go over it again. Anthony, Anthony Frisker, or Firks, or I don't know how you say his name, Frisker. Yeah, I call yeah, Frisker. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah he, like John o. Smith, I don't know if he's hurt or what, but he just looked completely out of it. Yeah. And He was hurt. And, he hurt his ankle. Yeah, he got hurt. So there you go. So, and then this guy comes out of nowhere and catches like seven catches or something like that. Yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy amount. Yeah, and yeah. you don't expect it for someone like that, especially on that on that offense where everything is run through Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's him. There's um, there's Logan, Logan Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, he's another great pickup. Um, but you can I, look, the stream tight ends for sure. A hundred percent. Look, I look at Logan Thomas, and yet, granted, he hasn't had that many great weeks in a row. But I think Logan Thomas continues to become more of a, a, a mainstay with Kyle Allen there. I also look at Berkser, where if the more if Jonu Smith's out, I mean he's Tannehill loves his tight ends, and without maybe Corey Davis coming back now, it might be a little different. But great fill-in, Berkser. He looking he's looking at Berkser in the end zone. I go with Berkser. I go with Logan Thomas. And if if you need some, if you've been streaming people like Burton, those two guys are not bad options at all. Yeah, definitely. And if you look at streaming options now, um, a lot of bye weeks coming up. This is a tough one, especially for me, because I have Miles Gaskin, who's on a bye next week, and then I have no one else. Um, so oh, I'm yeah. trying to find – I mean, I have a bunch of handcuffs. I have Jamal Williams and yeah, 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 yeah. all these other guys, but I'm looking for someone. And some of the names that are thrown out there right now are people like Gio Bernard, who, but he's another handcuff, um, or someone like Boston Scott, now that Miles Sanders got hurt. And um, and they need a running back, obviously. Is Boston Scott going to be the guy? Yeah, look, I was looking at Boston Scott. this Today, obviously, you know our waivers go in today. So I was looking at Boston Scott myself. Um, owned 
in some of our leagues, uh, not only some of our leagues. Look, Boston Scott is one of those guys where I only, I honestly don't know if I can trust Doug Peterson to only use one running back if it's not Miles Sanders. With Boston Scott being back there, he's going to give you the numbers, but he might not give you Miles Sanders-like numbers, obviously, even though Boston Scott last year at the end of the year showed up, played a lot of good games, had a lot of big days. I just feel like he'll use more of his running backs. Like, he'll use Corey Clement and all these other guys. Um, but, I mean, he's obviously the number one guy there because in every other instance, really, if you look at who's on the waiver wire, you've got guys like Jeff Wilson Jr., Jamichael Hastie, uh, Gio, Gio Bernard, guys like that, right? Like, th- those, are, those are like handcuffs slash committee guys. I think Boston Scott has the only real pathway to potentially be a workhorse running back, potentially. Well, I think if you look at Jeff Wilson, now that Mostert is going to go on the IR, most likely, maybe he's the guy that you pick up and you play yeah. him now because, I mean, McKinnon can't do all the running himself. and He, he definitely doesn't. So, I mean, Hasty, I don't think – I mean, if Wilson is healthy, Hasty doesn't really have a role, I don't think. Um, so it's not really a great pickup there. But I would definitely target Jeff Wilson if you can. Um, we talked about McKissick the last couple of weeks. I think he's yeah. – He's definitely an option. Had a lot of definitely. actually touches. We didn't. We talked about him as a PPR guy, and he actually started running yeah. the ball last week against the Giants. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. McKissick looks good, and and hey, why not? Right, like these guys are gonna give you like eight nine points. It's better than nothing, right? At this point, like it's better than nothing. Sometimes you're gonna be playing bye weeks, and you're not gonna score your 100 150 plus points. It's okay to score 130 140, but as long as you're putting up good numbers. These guys are going to give you that number. Look, Jeff Wilson Jr., my only thing about him, I had him a couple weeks ago. I played him uh, against Miami. uh, Not against Miami. I think it was the game before that. And he didn't touch the ball until the third quarter. So, it's going to be going up against the Patriots defense this week. Yeah. I I know he loved Kyle Shanahan. I know Kyle Shanahan loves his running backs, but it seems like he loves McKinnon more than anybody else. Uh, But, hey, again, not worth, worth the risk. I mean, again, Wilson is injured. So be careful. He has to come off that injury report before you go put in a bid for him. He does have a calf injury. So uh, something to look into. But, yeah, so many running backs that you can possibly stream this week. I think McKissick uh, is going to be the guy. Guess who he's playing? Who? Dallas. Oh, McKissick's the guy. McKissick's the guy. Go pick up McKissick. He's going to be a 40-point game now. Watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then some other guys, um, waiver wire relevant. Uh, we got Tua. Who was named a starter today, actually, which is surprising. really surprising. Yeah, um, didn't expect that one. Yeah. Uh, do you think that he's gonna be able to put up the numbers that Fitzpatrick was putting up? I don't. I think he's a rookie, and I think they're gonna they're gonna he's gonna probably try to run the ball a little more, scramble a little bit. I think he's gonna have a tough time getting adjusted to the NFL game. He's barely been in at all. It's gonna be a learning curve. I'm surprised that the Dolphins went this way. Fitzpatrick was doing great. They were three and three. They were on fire. Their defense has been great. They still have a chance in that division. They're only one game back behind the Buffalo Bills. I would have waited a little bit before I gave him the chance. Then again, Brian Flores maybe thinks that he can do the same thing Fitzpatrick does and they can still win games. I guess we'll have to see. Best time to pick up Tua is now. I think they have their bye week. Yeah. Uh, And then, so now most people are probably not going to pick him up. So if you do get a chance to pick him up, if you want to stream a quarterback next week, now's the time to pick up Tua. For me, I keep him on my waiver wire for a couple more weeks until I see um, if he can do anything or not. Yeah, the Dolphins' schedule doesn't look that much easier. Um, he has the Rams and then the Cardinals and then the Chargers. Then he has a couple of easy games and then the Chiefs, Patriots, and the Bills. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that schedule isn't looking the greatest for him. Yeah, true. Um, and then the last guy we have here is uh, Demarcus Robinson. Well, we touched on him a little bit. Um, I don't think it's worth it to pick him up. I think there are way too many people in that offense, especially with Lev Bell coming in um, into the offense this week. I don't yeah. see him having much of a role. Yeah, so, no, I, look, I, I kind of agree. We went five for six, 69 yards. Uh, that's 11, almost 11, 12 fantasy points. You take that, right, as a flex play every week. But then again, you don't know when Sammy Watkins is going to be back. They are versing Denver next week. Then the week after that, they are versing the Jets. So let's just say Watkins is even out for two more weeks. You might want to play him one of those two games if you need a receiver. Um, but again, I'm not rushing out there to get him. If he's available to me, why not? He's obviously a better option than Michael Hardman. They seem to love to throw Robinson down, uh, down not downfield, but kind of just, you know, get, him, get a couple yards, chunky yard plays. Uh, I don't know. Again, like I said, maybe if I really need a receiver, why not? Flex play, see what happens and hope for 10 points. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, before we go, uh, Thursday night, we're not going to, we'll be on Friday around that time. Um, yeah. So Thursday night, best game, NFC East games. I love it. The Giants <laughs> versus the Eagles, man. These yes. are the best games to watch. Uh, 100%. The Eagles have, have, have Fulgham? I, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> I think that's it. It's just Fulgham. That's it now. That's the whole team. Wentz and Fulgham. Um, and the Giants, the Giants just are the Giants. Um, yep. And they could honestly, I was looking at it, and if they win this game against the Eagles, they'll be tied for first. In the division, yes, which, which is, is insane. insane. <laughs> which is insane. Yeah, um, it's yeah. not a game I'm looking forward to, except the fact that they could possibly win and, and, and be in first, potentially. Uh, on the flip side, I I look at the fact that I don't really have any Giants players or Eagles players, so I don't really care for it fantasy-wise. But I know a lot of people do in the case that you might have be streaming Daniel Jones. You might be streaming Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, by the way, having a couple good weeks. Might be a future streamer for you guys, or if anybody needs a quarterback, go get him now. Um, but really, other than that, I mean, Golden Tate maybe? Devontae Freeman, maybe? I don't know. Is there anybody? Evan Ingram? I mean, they all kind of suck. So. The only person I really would consider is Darius Slayton at this point. Yeah, true. He, and I he's also he hurt, has, too, on top of that. all their touchdowns this season? Yeah, know. something like that, yeah. Daniel Jones finally threw a touchdown last week, which is crazy. I think that was the first touchdown since week one, right? Yeah, yeah, since yeah. week one. Yeah. And Slayton caught two touchdowns week one. So I think Slayton's the only guy that's, like, a touchdown guy. And aside from him, I don't see value in almost anyone else on that team. Um, on the Eagles, this might be your last chance to play Fulgham because yes. it looks like Jeffrey is close to healthy, Jackson is close to healthy, Goddard is close to healthy, and obviously when Ertz and Miles Sanders come back, he will probably be less than relevant at that point. I agree. I agree. I, of course, yeah. relevant because that could not be true. Look, yeah, in a game where no Miles Sanders, in a game where there's no Saquon Barkley, in the game where there's no... Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz. I mean, Darius Slayton is hurt a little bit. He might not play. Look, in a game with a lot of injuries, a lot of depleted teams, a lot of not good football teams, you're probably going to get a low-scoring, really ugly Thursday night football NFC East game that's like 15-12. Like, you know what I mean? It might be a kicker game. I just need only 31, so let's not say that. (laughs) It would probably be a Gano game. You know, like, dude, just don't expect too much this weekend. I mean, sorry, this Thursday. I just don't see it being – hey, you never know, though. NFC East could surprise you. You might be 27-21, man. You never know. Yeah, I like that score a lot better. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's – I mean, that's all we got for today. Um, yep. Are we going live this weekend? I think we are, right? Uh, yeah, I'm down. I'm down to go live. I think a lot of people like to. got a lot of good feedback. Yeah, let's go live. Uh, we will update when we will go live. Uh, okay. We'll let you guys know. Um, and that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening. Um, battle us on Sports Me. I will definitely be there on later on, posting a bunch of battles. And I will invite you all if you don't. So go join. <laughs> Sounds good, man. See you guys on live, Instagram live. See you then. Bye, man. Bye.